Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So, <laughs> it's Friday. Not that that means anything, but woohoo! My husband's been seeing that um, it's Friday, yeah. It's Saturday, Sunday, and he's been doing it the whole week. And then this morning, he started singing it. And I was like, yes, it is Friday. We made it. We have. <laughs> I feel like you have actually got a weekend off, even though you're working, but you have a weekend off because you get to leave the house, which oh my is God. amazing. I mean, obviously, I'm the only person that I know really that's still doing a commute in. And I, I mentioned it on Insta this week on um on my mama's just saying that that like car holiday feeling when you get in the car and you put the music oh. on you put your shades on it's like going for a weekend in Ibiza in my world at the moment it's lovely oh don't it's great <laughs> actually that br- that sort of brings us on nicely to we want um everyone listening to please 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 send in where you listen to the podcast so like Zoe yes. you're saying like you listen to it on the commute yeah I that's what I used to do but because I'm not commuting now I'll listen to it when I'm cooking so like that's my time I close the door I listen to it and like I love you know obviously I love podcasts anyway but that's that's like my you know time to be on my own and it's great so we want everyone to let us know yeah exactly let us know where you're listening to we had um one follower yesterday send in a picture of them with their shower cap on and they (laughs) said like self-care like I've just been listening to made by mama's podcast and it was brilliant and yeah just please share your photos and then we can obviously share them on our stories yeah we're gonna we're going to put out a little kind of like question and then a little box below so you can send in your uh, send in your responses but we just yeah we'd love to kind of repost them and kind of share the community of where people are listening what you're doing at the time and like Georgia said it might be when you're cooking it might be when you're in the bath in the evening um, the walk around the park so yeah watch out for that over the next week or so but do you know what we're going to get into this podcast straight away because um, it was quite a long one earlier on it was brilliant we had so many questions and um, we threw out questions to you guys to ask expect the best who are our parenting experts but it's Chris and Rose, they've been on the podcast before and uh, we tried to get through as many as possible. So should we get into it? Let's go. Okay, so um, today, Georgia and I thought it would be really nice to do another Q&A with you guys because it went down so well last time. So we chucked it out to our amazing followers and they've sent in a whole host of questions. So I reckon, Georgia, do you want to 
just kick us off with the first question for them? Yeah, I think a lot of people um, are going to be a bit worried about this. And it's not just a problem during lockdown. It's just sort of a problem in our new world. But how can we reduce screen time? It's so easy to pop the kids in front of the TV if we're trying to work or we're trying to do something. But what can we do to reduce it? I think, well, I think that's... I think, first of all, don't worry about it too much, as in, like, if you need to use screen time as a time to give yourself a rest or you've got work to do, that's completely fine. But kind of use it at a point when you kind of really, really need it. So say you've got a work call or you're recording a podcast or you've, um, you know, you've got to make supper or something and your children have been a bit fractious. That's when you can use screen time or kind of make them almost earn it. You know, we talked... um, on Expect the Best uh, a few weeks ago about this kind of tick system. So where you make a grid and where your children have been like really kind, kind of like a wow board type thing, or they've done good home learning or whatever, they get a tick. And as the ticks um, build up, it's one minute of screen time or one minute of free time so that they can build up and then you can use it at a point when you really need it. I think when it's sunny, get outside as much as you can if you've got outside space or, you know, kind of set up activities at home that's like a preschool or a nursery, like lots of children, I think, you know, if you've got playrooms or lots of toys, going in and seeing toys can be a bit overwhelming. And you find that Mm. they just end up emptying boxes and not really playing. Um, And then they have to clear it all up. Um, So kind of maybe, you know, of an evening, just kind of set up a few things so that they've got a bit of time and just have points in the day when you want to give screen time. But also, again, don't really worry about it look at what you're putting on the screen time so if if you're worried that they're watching too much Peppa Pig throw in a like a how-to by Maddie or there was like an old uh, CBeebies program that was on when I was a kid that they brought back which is called Come Outside which is about this lovely like Aunt Mabel who gets in her plane with her dog and then goes to a factory and shows you how bars are are made. I loved that program when I was younger. (laughs) I remember that too. (laughs) (laughs) So just you know you can kind of you can kind of do that. I mean Rose do you have anything to say? Well I just I was just kind of sort of touching on when you said about um, you know when they go into their and see all their toys and it becomes a bit overwhelming what I think is a really good idea at this time is to just introduce a little bit of toy rotation so popping some of the toys away and just bringing them out again you know maybe one week you kind of put all the Duplo away for example and then you know next week bring it back out again and take something else away just so that you're keeping the toys that you already have fresh Um, and so that means that you know even when you're you know you want to distract them from from not having screen time their toys are are much more interesting and um, it kind of gives that re-exciting you know they get re-excited about a toy um, and particularly do it with if you're finding that actually something is always being kind of just tipped over and they're not actually really engaging with it just popping that away for a bit even a couple of days can be enough to refresh it so just those kind of things bringing those in can kind of save you having having to um resort to using the tv because everything else has got a bit stale do you know what we started doing, actually? And it's just touching on what Chris said, is that I actually learned this from our amazing Lucy, who looks after the kids three days a week. Um, 
what she does is um, she'll set everything up, obviously not at the moment, but she sets everything up in our sitting room, in our living room. And she has like a station for coloring in. Kit is obsessed with coloring in. Then she's got like a baby station. Then we've got like the kitchen, the little toy kitchen with like all of the kind of like, you know, pretend food for the kitchen. And there's like a kitchen station, which she works on. And then they've got the Duplo on the floor for Kit and he can build towers. So we get like, like, I think it's like, it must be just like a a play, uh, sorry, a nursery setup. Um, And I think that's what they do. And Luna loves it. She's like really excited every morning. She's like, oh my gosh, look. And I'm like, and I set it up differently every day. I need to take a photograph of it, actually. It seems to be working. That's such a nice idea. And also, I was just going to second the toy rotation thing. We did it a few months ago and actually then forgot to get the toys back out again. But luckily, we got them out just at the beginning of lockdown. And Axel has been playing nonstop with this set of Super Wings toys that we probably bought two years ago. And he probably he hasn't seen them for about three months. And he's obsessed with them. And it's been great, actually. And yeah, yeah, it's it it has really encouraged him to play with different things again. Yeah, just really small things like that. You don't really realise how much of an impact it can have. And exactly like what Zoe's just saying with, you know, setting up little, um, almost like a nursery setting Mm -hmm. um, and having little areas is such a good thing. I mean, you know, back to kind of the screen time, it's going to be really, really important that you're setting boundaries on how long that they are watching it and giving lots of warnings for when that's going to change. I know we always talk about it and it feels like we go on and on about it, but it's going to be more important than ever because there is no natural uh, break point because we're having to create a routine yep. you know, based on when we don't really need one because we haven't got yeah. to get out of the yeah. house. Yeah, I was just going to interject there with them. Um, and it's something that you guys actually taught both Georgia and I um, was that um, I now give Luna a 10 minute warning and, and, and a, or a five minute warning. And then I gave a two minute warning because before I was just going, right, that's it now. Can I have my, can I have the iPad back or can I have my phone back? Not that I give her the phone that much anymore because I think it sends her a bit mad. But um, when we do and she responds and I go, right, that's your one minute warning now. And I want the phone back now. And she goes, there you go, mommy. And it's almost, it just, she processes it in a much better way. I mean, we would have the most monumental melt downs if I ever tried to take a screen away before <laughs> now she seems to understand it a little bit more yeah same here yeah. I'm up really up front as well when I give like my phone or like the iPad to Axel I say to him when mummy says that the time is up the time is up and you give it back to me and it does it really yeah. does work yeah and I, I think as well just kind of going on like kind of top of what you've all said is that you you can then you know at the weekend relax those things again like you would anyway so you know one thing I've done you know with the the girls I look after and yes they are a bit older but lots of people do it with younger children as well it's Saturday morning it's like movie morning so Mm. like you know on Saturday we're all going to watch a movie together and Zoe saw that you did like kind of a movie evening and you and you can do that and it's about it's about your own expectation if you want them to watch tv or have the ipad for an hour two hours in the afternoon because you've got stuff to do that is fine you How about when you're that. really hungover and you make them watch telly all day like I did yesterday with my children? That's okay, isn't it? That's exactly why we have TV. <laughs> um, right, listen, let's move on to the next question because we've got loads of them. And this is from Catherine. Um, should I be worried about separation issues with my baby since he sees no one else at the moment? I mean, this is, a you know, this is obviously a situation that none of us have really experienced before. But I mean, I would say that you know, because we can't control it, it's just going to be about managing it when we eventually all do get out and he is exposed to lots of other people again. Um, So it might just be that you have to, um, 
you know, when you go to a new place again, it just might be that he needs to sit on you and be with you a bit and get used to Mm. being around people again. Um, But, you know, babies adapt so quickly and they're learning and they're experiencing new things all the time that I don't think it's going to be a massive problem. Um, It just might might mean that you've just got to reintegrate a bit and just take it slow and just give him the opportunity again to, um, you know, be used to going to other people and just kind of not going into it thinking, oh my goodness, I've he's got to get used to it again. He's got to get used to it again. And then just handing him over because mm. that's obviously going to be a bit too overwhelming. So just taking it slowly. Um, and I think you'll find that actually a lot of children will just quite happily breeze back into it, um, just given a bit of time. Um, and, you know, overall, you know, the interaction that you're having with him is so important anyway. It's such a special thing to be able to have this time. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's it's so unusual for us to have these opportunities. Um, and kind of the positive of that is that you are getting to spend loads of extra time. Um, mm. And it's and it comes with a lot of challenges, absolutely. Um, but it's a really special thing. So try not to worry too much about, you know, the fact that they that he isn't socialising with everyone else because that will come very quickly, I would imagine, once yep. this is all over and you're, and you I know, seeing people again. It's important to kind of mention as well with babies as well, if anything, it's probably going to be easier with babies and that they already go through separation anxieties at, you know, like kind of four months, nine months, 10 months anyway. So it's just kind of working through and using the knowledge of, you know, kind of rebonding, um, like Rose said about, you know, letting, giving them, you know, time to go to someone and all of those sorts of things. I mean, I'm sure you all remember with your babies at around that like nine, 10 month thing, they wouldn't go to anyone, not even their dads, you know, they yeah. cling to you and they're like, mummy, mummy. So it's a natural thing that happens with young children anyway. So just take yeah. it easy, don't force it. But like Rose says, it, they'll be absolutely fine. Children are super, super resilient, more so than adults. Yeah, I mean, there's been quite a few questions around that kind of thing. Um, There's one here from Kaz, and she said, how do you explain lockdown to a three-year-old who is desperate to see friends and family? Um, I think this one is a um, really important question. And we've we've put some stuff out on kind of our page about it. There's um, a great thing by the illustrator Alex Schweffer, who did The Gruffalo, um, who has done this kind of story thing explaining why we can't go outside and, you know, why we can't see our friends and all of those sorts of things. Um, but it's just about adding that more, those levels of reassurance and just always using that kind of emotion coaching that we've talked about before on other podcasts and being like, I understand why you feel sad about this, but uh, but this is why. And we will see them. Why don't we write your friend a note? Or why don't we do this? You know, kind of doing it different ways. So a lovely idea is to kind of like draw pictures with them and exchange that with friends over FaceTime or pop them in the post and they send them back. Almost like almost like restarting a pen pal type thing with children. Really lovely. And then they get posts from their friends and they're just so excited. And it's just such a lovely way to keep them still connected, especially at that young age of like three. Actually, it was really interesting last night. Um, obviously, we were outside clapping for the carers because it was Thursday night and Luna was already in bed and, and obviously Kit fast asleep. But I, I was aware that Luna was still awake. And so obviously, there was loads of banging and saucepans in the area. And it was really lovely. But when I came back inside, Lu- obviously, the front door was open, but Luna was 
losing it, like screaming, crying. What's all the loud noises? I don't understand what's happening. And then she started going, I miss my friend, my best friend, Effie. When can I go back to swimming? When can we do ballet? She was really upset. It was like it all came out last night. I was obviously very concerned about her because I hadn't seen her that upset about it. And I obviously had to go through everything again, talking about the virus. You don't want to make it too heavy, but you also are trying to make them understand why they can't go see their mates. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, we had um, a bit of an issue with Axel going to the toilet. Um, I don't know if I've spoken about it, but he was sort of weeing and then saying, I need another wee, I need to go again, I need to go again, I need to go again. And it was like constant. And we were a bit worried about it. So we Googled it and it said um, like it could be a sign of anxiety. And so we were sort of talking to him, trying to get him to open up to us and ask him, we were asking him what he was worried about. And he was saying he was worried about school and his friend Harvey yeah. and if he'll yeah. see him again. And it yeah. was really, really sad. Um, but we wrote, we did Easter cards. Like I would never normally send Easter cards to everybody. Um, but Axel like painted Easter cards and we sent one in the post to Harvey. Oh, and then we've been, that's lovely. And we've been, yeah, and we've been FaceTiming him and yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's been really nice, but it is, it's so hard to try and explain it to them, like really difficult and they sort of get it. I think they get it sometimes and then they don't, then they get upset about it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such an important thing to kind of talk about is that they can go through phases of being totally fine about it and then suddenly not fine about it again. Um, and I think, you know, what we do have to realize is that we can't fix this for them. You know, it's, we, we have to let them understand that we can't change this. Um, and that's a really difficult concept to explain to a child. Um, but you know, what might be a quite, quite a nice idea and something that we've talked about before is, um, a feelings jar. So just having, um, kind of like a box, um, where you can, you know, you can let your child, um, if they're old enough to write, then that's great. But if they're not, you can kind of do some cards um, with kind of just simple, um, you know, a smiley face, a sad face, a cross face, all of, you know, a range of emotions. Mm. And that's just a really nice idea. if you're finding that they're kind of struggling to talk about how they're feeling, it might be quite a nice idea that they can then put that in during the day. If you're finding, you know, for older ones, it can be a nice idea that then at the end of the day, you can look at the box and see what they might have put in and talk through it. If you've got younger ones, then it's a good idea to kind of do it as as they go. Um, but also it being quite... Uh, um, there's no real um, expectation from it um, that it's actually just more of an expression of how they're feeling and they don't necessarily need to talk about it, but it's a good way to let you know how they're feeling. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we know that emotions change all the time and that particularly with children, you can find that they're going from really, really happy to suddenly really sad. Um, and that's a really, really normal part of, you know, development but it's just heightened in this time. So we've got to hold on to the fact that A, we would be experiencing all of these, you know, different emotions anyway, as children would normally, but it feels a lot bigger because we're all inside and we're all together and we're all experiencing things and we're also having to cope with our own emotions. I think that's another key thing to think about. 
am how am I feeling within myself and am I in any way projecting how I'm feeling onto what they might be doing you know if a child is having a quiet moment it can be quite easy to think oh my gosh they're not okay they're not okay but actually a child that's having a quiet moment might just be having a quiet moment so just holding on to those things as well um, and just keeping it realistic but at the same time providing those opportunities to talk about feelings love that, and right? letting them come to you at the same time you know yeah brilliant love that um really good advice there always i just could listen to you all day guys um, <laughs> this, is, this is a message from natasha um so toothbrushing with a very willful and independent 17 month old help and do you know why this question is so um like I, i'm feeling it as well because i'm going through it with kit at the moment he's probably two he's he turned two at the end of the month and i i'm, I'm quite ashamed to say that i have only given him a toothbrush two days ago no, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, you're hilarious. He I love no, that, Zoe. No toothbrush at all. He's nearly two, and he has never brushed his teeth. I, I, is no, that it's fine? I don't no, know. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's got one now. <laughs> and also my mum always says she's like oh this is my um, wise wisdom from my mother she went oh they're milk teeth they fall out anyway exactly like, it's more about getting them into a habit isn't it at this age it's more about saying yeah. to them this is what absolutely you need to do. yeah yeah exactly. at this age is you know using that role play you know i know zoe you said that you're sometimes lucy sets up like a home corner with the dollies in that whack a toothbrush out with that you know we've got to brush dollies teeth they need to be brushed or you know kind of you know fireman sam teeth need to be brushed mm -hmm. and do anything that way to encourage them also brushing your teeth with them so I would often when the girls are really younger brush my teeth with them and be like I'm gonna do it with you let's race and just kind of make it a bit fun to get them to do it more yeah. so than just being like right come on I need to brush your teeth because actually it's really it's you know some children it's quite hard for them and it is it's discomforting for someone because we don't know our own strength and so sometimes mm. we're like you're putting a toothbrush in there and they're like what <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. come on, come on, I want to brush your teeth. And you're just, and the, you just, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm trying to brush my teeth as if I'm brushing an adult's teeth. Yeah. And they're like one and a half, two. So just like doing all those things, in, integrating it with role play and it will come. It's fine. Another nice thing to do is um, do it when they're in the bath as well, um, because then it kind of makes it slightly less. The focus is, is on it. Um all on you know we're going into the bathroom to brush our teeth or we're you know I often do kind of brushing the teeth in the morning downstairs in the kitchen don't know whether that's weird but I'll, that's what I've always done with mine um and that's you know sometimes just changing the place where you're doing it changes up actually and makes it quite fun and interesting and a bit different um rather than you know always kind of feeling the pressure um to do it in one place and it kind of building up what I think sometimes happens is that we build up because we know that it's a problem um and then suddenly it's like oh gosh we're at that place now where we're going to have to brush your teeth and now we've got to go and make it into a big deal whereas actually it can be fun to just you know I sometimes do what teeth have we got today have we got crocodile teeth have we got lion's teeth and sometimes just changing the narrative around how you're saying it's time to brush the teeth rather than making it a mundane thing are there any good toothbrushing books you know like we've got princess polly potty yeah. and uh, pirate pete 
Yeah, Topsy and Tim do a really good one, as always. Love Topsy and Tim. And there's some um, other great ones out there, which we can send you so you can put up in the stories. And there's yeah. also a brand that does a, an electric toothbrush for young children, which is absolutely amazing. So it basically mm. like flashes like a rave, like a disco, but then it times. So every 30 seconds, it does like a bi- big buzz. So you have to change the position of where you're brushing your teeth. Oh, um, that's and good. It's really good and lights up. And so at night it's hilarious because I'm like right let's turn off all the lights and do it in the dark and we're like di- and disco teeth brushing time like douche 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 obviously I do <laughs> <down the bed. laughs> and it's super fun so we'll send you that as well and it just makes it a bit more fun I mean I want one like that personally now so yeah and me <laughs> sounds great I was gonna say even at three though I find it really hard to get Axel to brush his teeth for like long a long period of time yeah I get like 45 seconds and then we break and then I have to do more it's a chore it's an absolute chore but I'm going to try all of those tips definitely um so another question from Claire tips for moving away from using a dummy for an almost two-year-old Oh, that's a good one. I love dummies. Um, yeah. yeah, it's um. So we um we there's a few ways you can do this. Like, um, if there's a you've got a younger uh, sibling on the way, or a, or a young baby, or a young baby in the family, you can do this thing where it'd be like, okay, so the baby actually needs to borrow your dummy now. Is that okay? And you can you know write a letter and send them in the post to them and do like an almost you know you're you're passing it on to the next generation. Um, or one that Rose loves is the dummy fairy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> love the dummy fairy. I mean, I think mainly because I genuinely believed that fairies wrote letters to me when I was little, but, you know, we'll breathe into that. Um, <laughs> where you can leave it out for the fairy to take outside your bedroom bedroom door or, or their bedroom door, and then they, they take it away and they take it to the dummy land, um, and you can make up a whole story. Some of them that, you know, have a really active imagination love that. Um, some are actually okay to just, try it taking away at nap time first and seeing how they go with that. Um, You know, the thing with the dummy is that if they've got another comforter, um, like a soft toy, they they usually are okay taking the dummy away because they have that other transition um, object which they're attached to. If your child is not attached to anything other than the dummy, then what I would say is I would try introducing a Uh, a soft toy or something that they can take to bed with them Um, and it might be an idea to sleep with it for a couple of days so it smells like you and then introduce it um, and just offer it and try not to stress too much like I've got to take the dummy away I've got to take the dummy away there are lots of reasons to take the dummy away um, but I also wouldn't stress about it as um, you know that there's I think a lot of people worry so much about dummies and there's almost a stigma around them. Um, And if your child is sleeping really well and is really happy and it isn't ready to take it away, that's absolutely fine. Um, You know, don't stress about it. If they're having it, you know, they have it a lot of the time, then start with reducing it only to sleep times, then take it away for nap times. Some of them are actually absolutely fine to just take it away cold turkey um, Mm. and explain to them that you're sending it off somewhere or that it's going to a special place, you know, exactly like the dummy fairy that we've just talked about. Um, And if they're much younger, um, then you can just start with waiting until they are it's kind of a much more gradual um, approach where once they're 
um, drowsy, you then take it away. Some children are absolutely fine with that and some, you know, struggle a bit. But do, you know, just have a, don't worry too much about it. I think it feels like a massive thing, but it's not always as bad as it seems and you can just start taking you know if you've got loads everywhere start by just reducing them down to a couple you know get them used to not seeing them around all the time popping it in a box when they get out of bed um, and putting that dummy away um, is another good one if you're trying to trying to start them not having it um, for any any other time other than sleep time Um, that's what we do with Elfie because obviously we've still got Luna's still got her comforter I mean sometimes I don't actually ever talk about this or think about it massively but when I when I see her every night and I and I go and check in on her and she's got that ear that skanky old ear still hanging out of her mouth I'm like Mm -hmm. how you know Luna understands a lot more now that that is just for nap time so and she's dropped her mid her midday nap now that's gone so she's just getting it in the evening and then in the morning when she wakes up I say right Alfie's been looking after you all night now now we have to put him in his bed in the wardrobe and he needs to get some sleep now and she's like okay let me give him a kiss and she kisses Alfie in the night night Alfie and then we shut the wardrobe door and then it goes away so she's fine with it we left Olfie at a friend's house a while ago about a month ago and I thought well before lockdown I thought oh this is going to be an absolute nightmare and she was really good I and this is quite interesting maybe with the dummy you could try this saying that the dummy's not going to be there tonight because your best friend you know J- James needs it for the night mm-hmm. James, and that's what I said I said Effie's going to be having um, Olfie tonight she's a bit scared she needs looking after so she was like okay she slept the whole night without him it was amazing yeah, yeah. Axel still has an elephant um, that he had from when I took his dummy away yeah. I took his dummy away just before he turned one and the reason I did that was because he was going to nursery and in my head I thought when he goes to nursery and there's other kids with dummies I feel like it's going to be harder for us to take it away once he's there Mm. and I feel like I wouldn't have had the control over it and so we switched to an elephant but the same though like we actually haven't got any problems with the elephant at all like we left it um at my auntie's house at Christmas we didn't have it for two months oh yeah he wasn't he wasn't bothered but then but interesting when we went back there we went back to their house he went where's my elephant we hadn't (laughs) mentioned it we hadn't mentioned it at all and then since that day he sleeps with it every night again I think it's, so, it's, it's weird. important to kind of just mention about you know getting rid of a dummy at a time where we are away from people that we love and if it gives them comfort it, it, yeah. if it, you know, it's a big deal I wouldn't bother and we comfort us as well children have them forever I mean absolutely exclusive guys I still have a comfort blanket and it's in my <laughs> and I'm 31 and when my husband married me he was like so is that finally going I was like no he's like it's so weird he's like every night I know that you've got your comforter there and me he's like this is strange <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my world so do you know what <laughs> one of my best mates and she might listen to this and she'll know exactly who she is she you know when people are like oh they won't suck their thumb when they're you know 20 <laughs> She's 31. When she's hungover, when she's at work, she says she goes into the toilet, locks the door (laughs) and gives herself like a couple of minutes to suck her thumb. What's funny about that, G, is I used to still suck my thumb, but ever since Corona, I've put a stop to it straight away. (laughs) I can't. I was like, no, can't do suck my thumb anymore. So, you know. Amazing. So we'll be back right after this. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon, incredible. You basically (laughs) saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. I think until 10 years ago, I I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, where were we? I like this question. How to teach a one-year-old the meaning of no? He seems to think it's all a big game. Oh, yeah. This is, a, this is such a classic one because I think quite often when they learn no, we take, well, firstly, when they learn to say it is a different thing because then when they say it, we take it as kind of that they actually mean it and they often don't mean it. Um, that's a That's a one to remember if you've got a kind of toddler you know between one and two and they're saying no to everything sometimes they just actually like the sound of no um so that's another thing to remember um but when you're trying to teach your child no it's an idea to start by instead of just using the word no use it with um an action and also always saying thank you afterwards so you say no thank you and say that they are playing with something and you can remove them from that situation or if they're you know children at that age are learning so much through repetitive um you know repetition saying things over and over again that's why it can feel like you've said no over and over and over again but actually it's not making any difference so it's it can be an idea to you know always give say no but 
always say no thank you because we always say that saying no thank you is respecting your child um, and giving them um, the tools to say no thank you back rather than just shouting no. And when you say no thank you, because we say no thank you, no thank you, you actually start saying it in a more positive way. Like if you say no, yeah. you constantly say, but, um, but me and Dawson say it all the time, no thank you, no thank you. Yeah. And it actually sounds quite uh, fearful. I think yes. it's much better to do it that way and also use kind of different words for other things. So if it's something yes. to do with something that's dangerous, like, you know, they're going to go near a hot hob or, um, you know, go into the road, it's a like a really firm stop with like a hand stop gesture. So they know that that is a difference to a no, 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 because they're mm-hmm. just saying all the time. So we use stop for danger things um and in a really firm voice and like changing that tone again but like you said zoe saying no thank you makes it just seem like you haven't nagged all day saying no and you Mm. instantly say in a more positive way but often like rose says at that age they'll be like do you want this snack and they're like no and then you take it away and they're like no no and they don't know the meaning yet (laughs) and again with that just turning it around so saying you know, if they say no to something or you, you're wanting to say no to something, just, you know, continuing finding ways to say no without saying no um, is it just it gives you a break um, and makes you feel like you're not repeating yourself over and over again. Um, and it's just it's also another way that, you know, you're not saying it over and over and over again to them that it then does lose it it's meaning because no can be a really powerful thing particularly if it's in a situation where um you know they're in danger of course you know as Chris said stop is a really good one um but sometimes no just comes out and you know you can sometimes get it when you say it and then they go (gasps) and then it becomes the waterworks um And you don't necessarily mean it as harshly as you've said it. Um, and, you know, don't worry about that. It's We've all done it. We've all said it. And we've all gone, oh, whoops, that was a little bit too much. Um, so don't beat yourself up if you do say it and, it, and you know, they get a bit upset. You know, just provide the comfort. That's absolutely fine. Um, we've all I, been there. I kind of sit in this this lady's camp. I don't know if she doesn't put her name. It's Elbow, Elbow 83. Um, but um, I understand that one because Kit's a little bit older than her child too. But he basically, anytime I try to discipline him, if he he's a biter, a head butter and a hair puller. And he thinks it's hysterical. I mean, my poor Luna is basically bald on one side of her hair isn't growing at all because he's pulled it out so much. So I basically, I've tried the naughty step. He laughs at me. He thinks it's a joke. And then he comes out and runs around hysterically. I put him in his cot. Um, I tell him he's naughty. He doesn't even cry. He just plays in there with like his, his toys. You know, he's got like cuddly toys in there. I just don't, I don't know what to do with him in terms of discipline. And nothing upsets him. Nothing worries him. He's not frightened of anything. And I think that that's a that's a <laughs> I think that's a really good example of a child that actually will respond um, to kind of repetitively showing him another way to do it. Um, so every single time he goes to pull her hair, I know it's really annoying and it's not always possible. Um, so you know, don't worry. But just getting him to show gentle hands each time he does it, and he can show it on himself. You know, just stroking his arm or sh- stroking your face or whatever it, or stroking his own face. You know, just always getting him to show the kind of behaviour that you would prefer him to sh- to do 
even rather than reacting always to what he's done, because sometimes that's when it becomes a bit of a game. Yeah, and if, if I smack his hand, sorry, I mean I don't, I not smack her, but like obviously if if he's hit Luna or he's hurt her, mm. I sort of go no, and I'll slap his hand. He just smacks me. He hit me in yeah, the yeah, face. Yeah. He hit my hand, but he he just lashes out. It's not working. I think as well, like avoiding, you know, saying no because it's just not going to work with him, and just being and like Rose says, using the the time to show him how you would like him to react, but also being like that's not kind, mummy's really mm. sad. And then almost ignoring it and just coming away from him and taking Luna away and just going off and that. Because also I think using like that's not kind and showing that you're upset and you're disappointed mm. has a bigger impact than sometimes than saying no, mm. if that makes sense. Especially when he, you know, like you said before we started recording, he was at the door being like, mummy, like he's yeah. such a, he loves his mummy. So turning it all around completely and using the disappointment card. I mean, I'm sure we're all well. when our mums are disappointed with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It works even now. So I think using that um, and, and giving that a go. Great. I find that works with Axel actually more like me being upset if he's done something wrong. Then, then he, then he sort of has a conscience of his actions. Right. Although he did say to um, Gigi this morning, "Less of that attitude today, Gigi." <laughs> so I'm not sure if we are actually quite getting it right. Um, <laughs> Um, so this is one that actually really resonates with me at the moment. Three and a half year delayed jealousy of a six month old brother during lockdown. Total horror. Hell. Oh, okay. Well, that will come. It's probably come during lockdown because, you know, the three year old isn't being able to see friends and doing their own things. And I think it's also really important to kind of remember that even if you are a stay at home parent and you're with your children all the time, you're not at home all the time. So children are now being told that they have to be inside with parents. I know parents that are working from home, parents that work part time. It's all just like this you know explosion of people in each other's spaces whereas when children at home it's kind of their space a bit more sometimes than the adults yeah. and having people in it all the time is quite difficult when you can't go to the park you know normally when you've got a young baby you would just be kind of holding them or putting them in a swing and they're allowed to run off and play with friends so that's where something like jealousy could kind of rear up and it's just about you know managing that expectation and just talking about being kind and making time for the older one at points, you know, when the baby's asleep, um, you know, morning naps or whatever, and just being like, I'm going to have that time of not running around the house doing things and actually having time with them and mm -hmm. explaining to them that, you know, they can get involved and they can help. I think it, 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 it it's quite a common one. And we've actually had this question a lot from people over the last couple of weeks being like, jealousy's just suddenly happened and now my children can't share me. Yeah, it's, it's, we've had exactly the same. So up until about a month ago, Axel, we had no issues with Gigi, like no issues with introducing her. In fact, he just wasn't really that interested in her, like at all. He wasn't bothered by her, just she was just there. Um, and on one hand, they've become closer, like because she's the only, you know, she's the only other child or whatever that he's got around to play with. So he's sort of started trying to play with her a bit. But we've also noticed where she's doing stuff more, like so she's, you know, clapping and babbling and standing up and all of that kind of stuff. And we're, you know, we're applauding her for doing it. 
he's getting a bit jealous, you know, like he'll start clapping, you know, like to be like, look, yeah. I can, you know, I can clap as well. Mm-hmm. You know, totally I, can natural. I can do all of this and we've really noticed it. So now we're trying to, we, we were really, we we're a bit silly. Like he, there was an issue with him, like eating his dinner. Like he's just taking so long because he'd just be chatting away to us rather than eating. And we were sort of on him, like, come on, Axel, come on, less, less chatting. Come on, look, Gigi's being a really good girl. She's eating. And we kept praising Gigi. And it was just making it worse. Like he was just mm, refusing, yeah. just sitting there carrying on. And then as soon as we've switched it, we don't praise Gigi so much um, for eating or whatever. He just gets on with it now and just eats and has a bit of a chat and then eats. And it's, mu- it's much better. Because he definitely was getting jealous. I was going to say, you know, that it's important to always look at what is behind the emotion of jealousy. And it's often um, anger and it's often um, a sense of unfairness. Um, yeah. And that's such a normal thing for siblings and something that they do have to learn. Um, but we can just help that by making sure that we aren't, um, you know, comparing and, you know, perhaps using the other one as 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 a way to, um, like you said, gee, you know, it's it can be tempting to want to praise the other one so that the other one does it. But often it will have the opposite effect because naturally they always try and do the opposite as a way to distinguish themselves, give themselves a role. Often it's exactly like, you know, when they're the example you use with the clapping and then they clap and it's really tempting to go, no, 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 we know you can clap. We're watching Gigi clapping. Instead, it can be like, oh, isn't it lovely that you can both clap together now? Just changing it around so that it becomes that actually they're the team together and that they're doing the things together. And that's actually really exciting and that you're always acknowledging that they're able to do those things. And gosh, I think she might have learned that from you. Instead of saying you're the grown up one that has to teach things, just acknowledging that there are times where he might have taught her something can actually have the same impact as, you know, telling him that actually he, his, what he does and his behavior she will learn from, which is too hard for him to understand. Actually just helping him acknowledge the times where he might have helped teach her something is, is an, is another way of getting him involved, keeping his role in the family, respecting that he was there first, but also helping him to understand that you can't change that she's going to be doing things, but you can help him to celebrate with her without that, that jealousy factor coming in. So just try and kind of change things around as you, you know, you've, you've been doing already. It's funny, isn't it? I did a post on it last night about siblings. I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, all of those feelings that you feel when you're pregnant with your second and, you know, can I love my second child enough? How is the relationship going to be between the two of them? You know, is your first child going to hate you or resent you or all of these? And then actually when you get the siblings together, it's like the final piece of the jigsaw or, I mean, if you have more mm. children, slightly different, but yeah, you know, I, I think they do go through their own little relationship and I think it's absolutely fine to let them bash that out as well. You know, as Gigi gets older, he's, she's going to be like the best playmate for Axel and he's going to be able to, because at the moment, you know, what can she do? Bash a saucepan and clap her hands. I mean, that's great, but that's not like, let's get into full <laughs> control love and let's like, and I think I'm seeing that, you know, with Luna and Kit now as, as the older he gets, the, the, the more powerful, that unit is together and same with uh, with um, Luna and Isla I mean it just the relationship just grows and grows and grows it's really beautiful actually 
And I think just like lastly on that is that, you know, when you have the first sibling and they're there, they they often, without really knowing it, feel a responsibility for their yeah. younger sibling. And mm. so they're always like, oh, gosh, it's my job to do this and it's that. And, you know, even, you know, with multiples and twins, I, you know, always say to the girls, and I started doing this when they were about three, I said, we always worry about ourselves. We worry about what we're doing. Don't worry about what they're doing. Yes. Chris can see. Mummy, mummy can see. Don't worry, yeah. we can say, do you know what? We know everything. They're like, what? And they're like, Santa is going to everything. I was like, I said, we know everything. I said, never worry about what they're doing. Just worry about that you're making the right choices. And and, and don't worry about that. And they're like, okay. And that kind of just helps simmer it down a bit. Yeah, love that. Um, love this question. Discipline strategies for terrible twos in stages. Is it okay to take them to their room for some time out? Testing twos. Testing twos, <laughs> well please. Done, testing Zoe. twos. Well done. <laughs> I think this is this is really um kind of personality dependent. So we kind of there are always gonna be the children that actually the more you talk to them and the more you um try and negotiate with them, actually the angrier they get and they actually really benefit from a time to calm down by themselves. If you're finding that they are constantly overwhelmed by some children will love to be sat with in their time out and their calm time, uh, you know, calming down time. And I think, you know, the things with um, giving your child space to breathe, particularly at two, is that the important thing is that, that we're letting their brain calm down from the heightened emotion and we always say that if they're having a tantrum trying to deal with the emotion of the anger is in helping them to calm down before you deal with what it is that they've done or what they're angry about because a child that's super angry is not going to be able to rationalize what you're saying to them it's just going to make them more angry and feel much you know it's quite often a I'm you're not understanding what it is that I'm cross about mm. that's not to say that we are saying that if they've hit someone that we're going to tell them that that's okay but we have to deal with the emotion and help them calm down and if that means that they need time, time to calm down in their room and that's the the kind of thing that works for them then absolutely fine you know, it doesn't have to be that you're shutting them in the room, you're slamming the door. It can be that they have a place in their room that's got some cuddly, you know, toys and some cushions and it's their calming down corner and that they like to take themselves. And it's an offer of a place of would you like me to stay or would you like me to go? And if they can't quite make up their mind, then you can always sit for a bit and then leave or you can mm. say to them, look, I'm going to let you calm down. And if you need me, I'm right here. And I come back when you when you've calmed down a bit. Um, some children will want you to stay there. And that's OK. Um, so I think it does depend on what sort of child you've got. Um, I don't think there's a right and a wrong there. Um, I would be wary about shutting them in yeah. a room without... Um, and it verging on kind of feeling like you're leaving them with that big emotion that they maybe don't know how to calm down with. Um, so there's definitely a bit of a balancing act there. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm never going to say one way is totally right and the other is wrong. Um, but if you do have a child that gets very angry, it can be helpful. Um, but just always 
give the option and to, for you to be there if needs be. I also really like, I, I, I can speak about this sort of firsthand because um, Luna went through monumental tantrums. Do you remember the absolute meltdown, the mothers of all meltdowns? And yeah. um, we've actually had some really good progress, RN, thanks to all of your amazing tips. And I was doing that. I was putting in her room for, for time out and shutting the door. It was making things a lot worse. This is just speaking from our experience. And she what we do now if we ever have I mean we were having them it was like five or six times a week they were like full-blown tantrums um, yeah. now if there's ever an explosion I just say to her right we're going to go and have a chat now obviously she's three and a half so it's slightly different to the testing twos but we're coming out mm -hmm. of that and I say to her when you've calmed down I put her on the bed not her, um, Isla's bed and I say when you've calmed down mummy will talk to you and I sit on the floor in there and she doesn't get off the bed she screams it out 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 she calms mm -hmm. down a lot quicker and then we have a conversation yeah. about it obviously a year yeah. ago things were slightly different because she couldn't communicate to me what she yeah. really how she was feeling yeah. but um but definitely I think putting them somewhere where they can actually have a break and you can either yeah. be you know in in eye line or you can be near them and just saying when you've calmed down I'm I'll talk to you about how this is making me feel and how it's making you feel I think that's quite a nice way of doing it so then you're not leaving I, yeah. them I think yeah. you've got you've hit the nail on the head and it's just what I was going to say it's just saying to them giving them that opportunity be like when you're calm be like I'm right here when you're ready, whenever you're ready, we can sit and we can talk and we can have a cuddle. And I think that's really powerful for children. Um, and actually, if, if there are more questions on the testing twos, I was going to say we did, that was our first podcast for you. So yes, it was. Listen, there's loads of info <laughs> on there. Yeah, also, there's a lot of um, potty training questions that have come in as well. And we did a whole episode on potty training. Um, so it's good to go back and maybe have a listen to that because we did cover a lot um, in that episode. And, and just, I just wanted to say with the potty training thing, if you're feeling pressured to potty train just because you're at home, yeah. that's not a good enough reason to. Um, don't feel pressured to do it because you think this is as good a time as any definitely go for it if you think actually this is as good a time as any and they're ready but yeah. if you're feeling like oh my gosh God, I'll do it now I'll do it now because I might you know I might as well then I'd probably say to you I wouldn't add that stress because it is you know it can it doesn't have to be stressful but it can be stressful with emotions as high as you know they can be at this time just checking your reasons for potty training and make sure that they are, that's really what you want and that your child's ready. So just, you know, definitely go check out the potty training um, episode, episode that we did. did. Yeah, great. I think one of the things that lots of people are asking is how to um, sort of do like not too messy activities with younger ones, you know, like on Instagram, especially you see lots of people doing crafts and all that kind of stuff, which is great if you've got like a three-year-old maybe. And, you know, some younger ones will sit and paint and draw, but, you know, slightly younger, like under two, what sort of activities can we do with them? I mean, Gigi, I, I don't really know what to do with her. Give her a pan and a pan and a wooden spoon. She'd be happy for hours. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the, the, the non-toy, not toy for babies is kind of the best one and making some sort of treasure basket at home. Like a great one is, you know, children like kind of love the like young children love the senses of like brushes so you can make a brush basket you know a hairbrush a scrubbing brush you know even like um kind of a sponge a, a toothbrush and they can play with those and do that um and then anyone kind of up a bit more like one and two get really creative and use the toys they've got so you know kind of build 
you know, I've, I've spent time before like building something with Duplo and then like hiding in like some of their favorite kind of like Paw Patrol figurines. I mean, like we're going to go on a Paw Patrol hunt today and hide them around the house using the stuff they've already got to help um, kind of do more play. So um, print out a favorite picture of theirs. So, you know, I'm sure Luna's like a princess fiend. Print out like a princess thing if she wants to do a bit of coloring, coloring yeah. and then cut it out into puzzle pieces and she has to put them back together. You know, kind of using like your own, own things at home. There is just so much you have to do. It doesn't have to be arts and crafty. You don't have to be this Blue Peter style type of person. You could literally, I mean, I put a saucepan out. I was telling some, a woman the other day, she was struggling with her one and a half year old and that. And I was like, put a saucepan out and put some, I was like, I don't know, a bit of flour in there and just put them in the garden. They were like, what? She's like, it kept them busy for two hours. I was like, I told you, I was like, anything you've got at home, use it, go on hunts, just it, it, it's all play get them to be working with you i mean i get toddlers that spend hours you putting it in the washing machine they're taking it out fold these socks they'll be there for ages um <laughs> a big piece of tape on the floor like a giant square and put down some i don't know anything that's quite big like some balls and stuff and tell them they have to sweep them into the square with like a brush or something just any of these things are really easy um it doesn't have to be focused and like oh gosh am I giving them enough education and stuff anything really that is education in so many ways yeah because that that stimulation and that we're all I think sometimes we feel like it has to be sat down in order for them to be learning but actually the the things that are going on when they are say pairing socks are their color matching they are using their fine motor skills they are using their concentration they're using their logic they're using their problem solving you know those are doing that's doing so many things but to us it's just pairing some socks together um it doesn't, it doesn't there are so many opportunities to learn that where and I think that that's a, a worry that we're getting across a lot um that people are saying to us that you know my my baby isn't being stimulated your baby is being stimulated by everything going on around them and that's you know that's a really important thing to remember so that even if you feel like you haven't done anything you've probably done a, a lot more than you think even singing a song to them even having the radio on you know these things are all helping um where perhaps we we might think that we're not doing anything, but actually you are. I also um, I also love like a like a really amazing home obstacle course. Um, yes, simple. Yes, I was about to say that. Literally, we do one every day, and I make it. You know, for Kit, it's it's he has to do certain things within the obstacle course. Luna, maybe a little bit more advanced, but they involve like kicking a kicking a, a ball, scoring a goal, and then getting on the little electric scooter and driving it into the playroom. And then when you're in the playroom, you have to. Do, and it's just they just love it. Luna's done it two hours this morning. She's been doing it. And do you know yeah. what another really good one is to put the du- take a duvet out and put it on your living room floor and get them to army crawl underneath it. I was going to say, or hide objects underneath, and they have to pull the objects out and then put put them in a basket. Honestly, hours of fun, and the kids will want to be doing it over and over again. Also, a great drinking game for adults in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny isn't it because I think as a society we've be, we've become programmed to be constantly on the move and doing stuff we need to spend yeah. you know 20 quid here going to a soft play we need to go we, ha- we have to go and do this we have to go to this coffee shop oh there's this amazing sensory play place we've got to go to the farm we've got to do this and actually our kids just want to spend time with us it doesn't matter what we 
we're doing, like you said, folding up washing or putting the dishwasher on or whatever it may be with them. They just want to have us around and for us to yeah. be present. And yes, there's yeah. so many stresses going on at the moment financially and there's a worry about the world and catching the virus and everything else. But at, when you put your phone down and you just spend time with your kids, it's actually really beautiful. You don't need much else. Mm. Yeah. No. And I, th- I think just to kind of end is that, you know, we always say this, everybody's doing an amazing job yeah. as parents anyway beforehand, but no one has ever been in this situation before. And now you are parent, teacher, you're just everything more like personified. So as long as you are keeping them happy and healthy at home and smothering them with love, nothing else really matters in the world right now. You're mm. all doing an incredible job and just keep doing that. You know, as long as you get up every day, I mean, staying in bed for the day, hungover, but your children are there still. <laughs> Amazing parenting. <laughs> um, listen, guys, thank you so much. We're going to have to wrap things up because we're run out of time. But as always, it's been an absolute treat to chat to you. And I feel like hopefully people are going to get loads out of this podcast. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, guys. Amazing job. Oh, that was just such a brilliant chat. I love those two. I really feel like they speak all of our language. Every time we speak to people about Chris and Rose, they're like, thank you so much for introducing us to them because they're just completely non-judgmental, full of fantastic tips and advice. And the, the calming way in which they both talk about things really helps me figure out how to solve those problems at home with my kids. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Every time we've spoken to them, I come out and come away from the chat, firstly, with like some really good practical tips and advice, but also just feeling so much better. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're amazing. And I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to them as well. Um, We'll try and do some more because there was obviously quite a lot of questions that we didn't get through as well. Yeah, and we're also getting together a kind of host of experts that we're going to be chatting to over the next couple of weeks because obviously we're doing two podcasts a week. So our Tuesday podcast is going to be a bit more of a well-known name and then on the friday we'll do more sort of expert type um conversations to kind of help us during during the lockdown um i'm just really grateful that i'm not feeling so hungover now georgia even though it's friday me, me and dozza got absolutely shit-faced on wednesday night and decided to have a nice little kitchen rave just the two of us we drank all the gin and all the whiskey and i was actually sick yesterday so oh, that is so funny <laughs> <laughs> so is it water in an early night tonight then I'm having a glass of red but we're literally about to eat bangers and mash and then I'm going to get straight into bed nice <laughs> um, it's been so lovely this week as always we'd love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and please 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 if even if you just tell one mate about us hopefully we can kind of ease the pain of what we're all going through at the moment yeah and please do um, send them our way to at made by mummers on Instagram and if you've got any questions or you want to drop us a message just drop us a line there or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman yeah and, and just to reiterate sorry G just to say that we're, we're absolutely 100% here for you all at the moment because we realise that you know um, it's a pretty tricky tricky time so if we can help in some small way then please do reach out to us we're always around for a chat exactly and we will see you on Tuesday see you next week Thanks for listening to the podcast. We know times are very difficult right now. And if you want any more information about coronavirus, go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.